Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Life-changing cross-cultural friendships is the title of an important book written by Gary Chapman and our next guest, Dr. Clarence Schuler, the love doctor. He's here to talk about racial reconciliation. You're gonna love this important book. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have an in-studio interview with a returning guest and fan favorite, Dr. Clarence Schuler is a popular author and has been traveling with Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages. Many of you have read that book. Well, this book is by them together. It's called Life-Changing Cross-Cultural Friendships, and it has a subtitle. I'll let Clarence uh, uh, introduce this. Why do they call you the love doctor? <laughs> well, uh, Chaps, I help a lot of people in their marriage relationship. Sometimes they're in crisis. Yeah. Now have me come in and do a marriage intensive over the weekend and for God to not just restore their marriage and make it better than it's ever been. So they, hence they call me the love doctor. Oh, I like that. You're you're reconciling husband and wife. Yes. Uh, how long have you been married? Tell me about your family. Been married 37 years. Uh, have three girls. Been married to Brenda for 37 years. Have three daughters, twins, Christina and Michelle. And then uh, Andre, our youngest one. So uh, we had three girls under the age of two. So we were pretty busy at one point. Oh my gosh, well, praise God for that. Um, that that's enough to keep any man busy, but, <laughs> but you've also now been traveling. Tell us about your recent conferences, or, or and then we'll get into this book. Well, Brenda and I have our own marriage ministry uh, through our nonprofit called Building Lasting Relationships. So we help singles, married people, parenting, diversity. And we just got back from a place called Sandy Cove in Maryland, uh, where we did four seminars on marriage relationships with pastors and just different groups of people in that area. And if people wanna check your upcoming schedule, is it at ClarenceSchuler.com? Yes, it is. Just go to go there and just go to my uh, schedule and you can see where I'm speaking. Now, how would I sign up? Or do I just go to the church where you're speaking or do you have conferences that I can pay to attend? Well, we pretty much are invited into different places. So there are hosts that do that. So if you go to our website, go to our schedule, use us as a contact person or a number you can call to get, a, you know, so you can register for that conference, wherever it's gonna be. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned families and reconciliation. This book is about friendships. Yes. And, and you also mentioned diversity, but this is called cross-cultural friendships. What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of times when we talk about multicultural, you can have a multicultural situation, but you're not learning from each other. Cross-culture really implies that I'm learning from you, you learn from me. Like you were in India recently, and there are different things you probably picked up from them and they learned from you. So cross-culture is where we get to know each other better. And in a cross-cultural setting, I really receive more of a glimpse of God, you know, because he brings you to my life to help me see things I wouldn't see without you. So it's so, so like that. It's so like being married, really. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, the other buzzword here is life-changing cross-cultural friendships. What's life-changing about a good friendship? Well, uh, for me and Gary Chapman, uh, we met in 1968. And where segregation had been outlawed in 64, but still practiced very much where we were in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And so when I went to his church to play basketball, and uh, 
once we crossed the railroad tracks, people threw bottles and called us and all kinds of names and stuff like that. So it was a different experience. So when we became friends, we never thought we would become lifelong friends, but we just met. And over the course of that time, uh, I was 14 when I met him and two years later he introduced me to Christ. And after that, he started discipling me and we became lifelong friends, but neither one of us planned that. But a That's lot of times with cross-cultural relationships, because you have to go through so much, it really bonds you in a very special way. And that's, you know, more than 40 going on 50, more than 50 years ago now. Yeah, uh, 54 years. 54, and I was born in 68, so I should know that. <laughs> I, I, should I, know I, feel, that. I feel old now. <laughs> but that's before, before either of you were famous. Did you imagine at that time that your friendship would develop into, you know, speaking at, at sold out gigs together? No, I, I never did. I mean, he was, again, he was not famous. He took a lot of risks to become my friend. And he said, I took risks to come into his community. So we both uh, broke the stereotypes in regards to relationships. And, and we found that Jesus Christ really superseded everything. But, and so he included everything, but he, he, was, he was beyond race and above that. But he used our, two, our differences to bring a kind of unity and, and a interdependency too. Talk about that. How does Jesus Christ reconcile people of different racial backgrounds or different cultures? How does he make us one? Well, I, I think you know we're one because we're results of Adam, but, but the real relationship, we really don't know each other. And so a lot of times when we talk about reconciliation, it's, it's, it can be a stumbling block, you know, because people think we're going back to a priest to get relationship because that prefix means that. But what we did, we, we focused more on conciliation where um, I learned from him, uh, he learned from me. I, uh, I was going to church, but didn't know a lot about the Bible. And so when he, once I became a Christian, he began to disciple me. And then for him, uh, even though he had a PhD in anthropology, uh, he was actually learning cross-culturally was, was like for me as an African-American or as, as a black uh, in the 60s and what it was like 60s and 70s. And the consequences and the, and the racism we both ran into. Wow, and, and then you, know, you lived through the 60s together and then it became the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Uh, what has changed up until today? What, how is America a little bit different? It's a little bit different in that uh, diversity overall is more accepted, but it's still a lot of resistance to it in regards to building strong friendships cross-culturally. You don't see that as much as you would think we would in, in America. And even the Christian uh, church is really sort of behind, I think I would say the world in, in building cross-cultural friendships. Are, are really promoting it. I, I wanna talk about that after this short break. The, here's the, the tease before the commercial, right? When we come back, I'll ask Dr. Clarence Schuler about white churches and black churches. How come we don't even today still worship together as much as we could right after this? Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original My Slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success, and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not gonna find in any other slippers. 
My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original My Slippers, or for as low as $19.98, you can get our sandals or slides. Quantities won't last long, and with my 60-day money-back guarantee, you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Clarence Schuler, who's written an important book with Gary Chapman called Life-Changing Cross-Cultural Friendships. I'm gonna read the subtitle now. Okay, how you can help heal racial divides one relationship at a time. Now, um, people don't know this about me, I, I don't really talk about it very much, but I happen to be ordained by a predominantly uh, African-American denomination, Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches. Mm. We've had my archbishop on the program talking about racial reconciliation. But a lot of churches, even today, and I'm not gonna say it's only in the South, but but white churches, not many black people choose to attend there. Black churches, not many white people <laughs> choose to attend there. Why? Well, a couple of things. We're, we're really different culturally. And the way we worship is different culture. Not, not that one is better or worse, it's just different. You know, think about the music. Uh, I, I did some research on it, and in the white culture in general, most of the songs are songs of victory. Uh, in the African-American church or black church, uh, they're more songs of suffering. Uh, we tend to be more emotional. Uh, those of European descent tend to feel that emotion is, shows a lack of sometimes intelligence or, or logic and stuff like that. So there's difference in there. Uh, there's difference in the preaching style. There's yeah. difference in the time committed to preaching. So all those are different things. It's not that you can't have a cross-cultural church. I pastored and started a cross-cultural church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we had a great time. We learned a lot from each other. It's really, really close-knit, but that's not for every church. I mean, I think we could, but I think we struggle with that. And so your church leadership in a black church or a white church or Hispanic or Asian church would have to incorporate people of different cultures and leadership position in order for that to really become a, a, a really good, vibrant, cross-cultural church. That, that is an articulate answer. I wanna get right into the book and I'm just gonna list off some questions from the table of contents okay. and, and feel free to respond. Uh, different levels of friendship. You talk about oh. unexpected friendships, but, but how do I get closer to someone? Do I graduate to a higher level? Well, when we talk about different levels, there's like if we work together, we might have a working relationship, but may not do anything outside of 
out of work. So we just call it just a workplace you know, friendship. There's nothing wrong or with that or anything like that. But for those who want to get closer, you usually want to share a meal together. I'd invite you, I'd say, hey, chaps, hey, um, man, I really appreciate getting to know you. Hey, how about would you like you and your wife to meet my wife and me, and let's go to dinner. And then if we do that, then our wives meet, we do that, then our friendship takes a different level. We get a little bit closer. And then you would go home with your wife, I'd go home with my, my wife and say, hey, what do you think about Chaps and his wife? You know, and she would say, and you would do the same. And I'd say, well, hey, I really liked him. Let's, let's get together again. And then, yeah. And then begin, your kids meet each other. And then your kids meet each other. <laughs> and then you begin to build this relationship yeah. uh, that goes beyond just work. So, so that's, so that's kind of how, how that happens. And, and some just do things at work. Some just do things at church. And then some go beyond that. Yeah. Looking back on my career, I have work friends. And then I have play friends and, right. and church friends. Right. And sometimes they're not the same group of people. Exactly, exactly. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just they're just different levels, different places. Okay. So another chapter is titled, Friendship Begins with Courtesy and Patience. What do you mean? Well, if we want to be intentional about building cross-cultural friendships, and really as a Christian, we should be friendly people. I think Proverbs uh, 24, 18 uh, in New King James says that one who, who finds a friend must show himself friendly. And so we need to initiate that. You know, like if I fly, I fly a lot, just like you do. And so when I sit down with somebody, I ask them how they're doing, you know, uh, if based on their body language, where they're going. And sometimes we strike up a conversation and I can just go anywhere. And sometimes we talk the entire time, you know, and, and we just build a friendship and see what God does with that. But it starts by just being friendly and kind of leaving the agenda up to the Lord. Yeah, courtesy and patience. Uh, another chapter, friends love each other. It, isn't that kind of obvious or, or is there a deeper level you're talking about? Well, I think there's a difference in the chapter. We talk about acquaintances. Like, like I know you or I know somebody else. And so I know you, you know me. That doesn't necessarily mean we're friends. Um, you know, acquaintances kind of, they're around as long as things are going well. But when things get difficult, then, then they're out the door. A real friend um, will love that person even if there's conflict and will be able to work through those things. You know, if you and I are real friends and you really love me and vice versa, you might need to tell me something in my life I need to work on that I don't want to hear but need to hear and you tell me that because you love me. And so you're risking me getting upset with you, but that's what a real friend does. Yeah, there is a risk, uh, particularly in, in confrontation. Sometimes yes. there's conflict. Sometimes even a person I love, even a family member, right? They, they may not, we, we don't treat each other the right way. And then there has to be apologizing and mm -hmm. forgiveness. You yes. have a whole chapter on that. Well, what we talk about there is sometimes, um, you know, when we have conflict, and conflict's not bad. A conflict means it's just a misunderstanding and we need to gain understanding. But sometimes cross-culturally what we talk about because we have different backgrounds, we have different perceptions, we have different filters, that we can actually have more conflict than normal. But if we work through it and I'm listening to you and you listen to me, then we say, okay. And the key thing about work through conflict is to gain understanding. Now understanding does not always equal agreement. At least I say, okay, chaps, that's why you believe this. Okay, I never thought about that before. And I might say, I, I can agree with that. Or I might say not, but our friendship is greater than what we disagree over. So we don't lose the friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and a lot of the decisions that I personally make in life are based on my upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. What my parents taught me, the values, what I think is right and wrong based on my experience or how I read the scriptures right. or how Jesus has changed me through different relationships or experiences. 
you and I, regardless of skin color, mm -hmm. we have different backgrounds, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, and everybody has those those key moments that shape their character, and no two people are alike. Um, does that create a barrier? Well, no, it didn't have to. Um, I worked at a place, a Christian place, but it was very political, and uh, which I didn't know when I started working there. And I had a friend who was uh, didn't look like me. We had different political perspectives, but our friendship was so great that he, he was telling me something politically. I would listen. I would listen, I'd do research on it, and he would do the same. And we may, may not agree, but our friendship was so great that I had such respect, no matter what he was saying, I was gonna listen to what he had to say. And that was really kind of cool. And, yeah. and a lot of times I learned stuff, you know, so it was just really cool to, to learn from a different perspective and say, oh, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, the, the, the leadership uh, author Stephen Covey used to say, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Exactly. So there's a humility in my posture towards new friendships where I need to be a good listener. And, and even if I disagree, maybe I hold my tongue for a minute and try to understand what they're saying. Yeah, and that's a really key element in, in marriage communication as well. And, and it's, a, it's a servant leader thing. If I will listen to you first, it's showing respect to you and hearing you and then, then you reciprocate. Do you see people? That's why we call him <laughs> the love doctor. He is the love doctor and he's here to heal your marriage. We need to take a short break. Uh, then we'll finish up some of the quotes from life-changing cross-control friendships available at Clarence Schuler Com. Right. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years. But now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website, or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today. We have a brand new action alert for the activist members of our TV audience, and we want you to take action today to stop the religious purge of Christians from the military. You mean they're kicking out Christians? Yes, by the thousands right now because Religious exemption waivers are being denied by especially the Air Force. And we've seen recent headlines how Air Force Academy cadets are being kicked out and forced to repay hundreds of thousands of dollars in back scholarship money. This is just wrong. We are standing for the religious freedom of the cadets. We're asking you to call the Secretary of Defense office. He is Lloyd Austin and he wrote the policy saying that religious exemptions will be granted on a case-by-case -case basis, then why are almost zero exemption waivers being granted? We need you to take action today by calling the Secretary of Defense office, and we have his phone number. Get your pen ready to write down this phone number. We want you to call and say, please 
protect religious freedom. Don't purge the Christians out of the military. Here's that phone number. We want you to dial 703-692-7100. Again, that's 703-692-7100. Call the Secretary of Defense office and then call us for a free religious freedom sticker at 866-Obey-God, press option three, take action today. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by the love doctor, Clarence Schuler. I love that title, by the way, I'm never gonna stop calling you that. <laughs> it's like, now you've written other books besides this one, Yes. Uh, but, but how did this one get picked up and published, and, and how, how did you and Gary collaborate? Well, I've been after him for a long time. It really wasn't my idea, but one woman said, you know, you and Gary have such a great friendship. And she said, in some ways it's unique. And I think if you guys wrote a book on friendship, it would model to the rest of the world, or at least the United States, and I think it would help make friendships better. And so um, I was after him for a long time, and he, he, he would say, I don't think I'm worthy to, to write a book like that. And I finally said, hey, it's not about that. We can just do it. And so finally, 2017, we agreed to do it, and we wrote the book, and then, uh, Long story, uh, HarperCollins uh, came to us and said, hey, we'd like to uh, post that book, because they were actually doing something unique. They were partnering with um, Urban Ministries, the oldest Christian African-American publishing company in America, to do five books. They want our book to be one of those, and so that's, that's kind of how it came, be, came about. Uh, collaborating, you would think for a New York Times bestselling author, he would be stuck in his way to do it, but he's very humble very open and very open to different ideas. And so we just kind of wrote together. And uh, one of us decides, one of us when we write books together uh, would say, well, you do the editing, which means the other person writes first, then they write the last part, they edit, then they send it back to each. And so we just kind of work over it and. Did you like alternate chapters or are most of these in, in? No, we wrote chapters together. We wrote them together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, let me get into some other, some other ones. We're, we're on a limited time here. Okay. Friends are not, Colorblind. Now, now help me understand that because uh, are we supposed to be colorblind or not colorblind? I forget. Well, I do a lot of diversity consulting for different organizations, Christian as well as uh, secular. And almost in every session, usually the first one, some guy will say, I'm colorblind. And I say, Really? And he said, Yes. And I said, Well, what shirt do you color your shirt you have? And they would tell me to color their shirt. And I said, Well, time out. I thought you were colorblind. <laughs> and I said, Why'd you say that? Well, I want to treat everybody the same. I said, But Everybody's different. God made us different. You know, yeah. and there's a reason for that. And so, um, and I say, I appreciate your spirit that you want to treat everybody equally, but by understanding their differences, that really helps you understand them better. And so, as we talked about that, and I said, for people of color, some of them, based on their woundedness, they hear the word colorblind, they think, well, you don't see me, I'm invisible. Or if colorblind, oh, yeah. then are you thinking of one particular color? Are you thinking all whites, all blacks, all red? What, what are you thinking? And it just seems to be an inappropriate. Um, title or term yeah. that a lot of times people don't really mean harm by it, or sometimes if you ask enough questions, they are struggling with the whole issue of race and equality by saying colorblind. Maybe a better term is uh, equally valuable in the yeah, eyes sure. of God. You know, you know, yeah. There's different ways to phrase it, but I don't yeah. want to be blind yeah. to somebody else's uh, differences. Uh, friends disagree agreeably. Now, now I hang out on Facebook, and there ain't a lot of agreement. <laughs> right? But, but they're my friends, and and how do I be more agreeable? Well, I don't know if the issue is being more agreeable. It's just that the way God has constructed it, if you and I are brothers, then He's put you in my life because you have something in your life that I need. Say your spiritual gift, which is not for you, it's for me, and vice versa. And and 
we need to love each other, which means our actions override our emotions. And so, um, so if we disagree, our maturity says that's okay. We can disagree, but I still love you as a person. I still treat you the same. I still treat you the way Christ wants me to do that. And I pray for you. And it doesn't mean I pray you come over to my side, but it's just I love and respect you. And so I think that's where we as Christians struggle a lot. Because a lot of times, if you don't believe the way I believe, then you become my enemy, which in the body of yeah. Christ, that should never be. We just had midterm elections. By the time this airs, we'll have... But it's, election season is always such a divisive time oh in gosh. America. Yeah. Can Republicans and Democrats get along? How do we do that? <laughs> well, that's about my pay grade. <laughs> I, I, I think my wife and I were so sad when we had these midterm elections. You know, it's not so much who's in office, but our, our biggest thing is concerned is just all the negative political ads where people really don't tell what they do. They just, you know, they're putting you down or somebody else down. And, uh, and it's just, it's just not edifying at all. Hard to recover from that. It's probably not good for America. Yeah. Okay. Uh, friends are friends forever. Um, forever's a long time. It is, it is. And, but Gary Chapman taught me this when he um, was discipling me. And when he sort of, I guess it's always in process. He said a couple of things. He said, all that I have is yours. And, and that just kind of became a big deal. And he calls me a spiritual son, you know, and I'm close to his daughter and sons are like my little brother and little sister. And, and we never intend this to happen, but everybody I've discipled, you end up having a lifelong relationship with them. And I think that's what God intended when he talks about it in Matthew 28. Uh, you know, 19 and 20. So I, I think it's a very biblical principle that friends, Christian friends, will become friends forever. Amen to that. Uh, we have just a minute and a half left. I want to encourage everyone again to look for the book, Life-Changing Cross-Cultural Friendships. And there's other books by Clarence Schuler. When you visit clarenceschuler.com, S-H-U-L-E-R, clarenceschuler.com. Uh, if you could just maybe address our audience and it, are you willing to close our, our show with a word of prayer? Sure, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity um, to sit here and talk about how you made us different for your glory. Uh, you didn't make no mistakes. And, and Lord, in that difference, you create uh, interdependency, which creates a need for unity. And I think that's what brings you glory when the body comes together to work together to glorify you. So God, help us to do that. Uh, practically uh, across the street and in our churches. In your name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. The biggest reconciliation you can have is maybe not with your neighbor or your Facebook friends or your, even your family, but be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. God is your father and we want everyone to have a happy homecoming because uh, he created us all. As different as we are, God is the author. So I want you to you know, uh, pray with us and, and maybe if you're able to, Support us at PrayInJesusName.org, our website, PrayInJesusName.org. If you just prayed with us, call us at 866-Obey-God. We want to confirm that, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. That's our toll-free number. We'll see you next time. Do you have Muslim friends or neighbors living in America? We want to give them Bibles in their native language, and you can help. We're making a free offer to you, the viewing audience, to help give away free Bibles to Muslims. If you want us to send a copy of the New Testament for yourself or a friend in any of the following languages, we would love to send it to you free of charge. We've got an Arabic New Testament available, Farsi New Testament, Turkish New Testament, the Kurdish New Testament in Kermanji, the Kurdish New Testament Sorani, 
and the Dari Gospel of John. All you need to do is contact our office by phone, 719-574-5900. Again, that's 719-574-5900. Or send an email request to hope at vopg.org. Again, that's hope, H-O-P-E, at vopg.org. And we'll process your request right away. God bless you. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.